Hi humans and welcome to Healthier and Happier with Hannah. This is Hannah and dude, I heard a scary statistic that quote, only 9% of Americans that make resolutions complete them. In fact, research goes on to show that 23% of people quit their resolution by the end of the first week and 43% quit by the end of January, end quote. I also read about another survey conducted by Forbes, which says, quote, the average resolution lasts just 3.74 months. Only 8% of respondents tend to stick with their goals for one month, while 22% last two months, 22% last three months, and 13% last four months, end quote. And I just kept seeing the number drop with each additional month, which it, it is scary, right? Like, it, I, I'm not the only one that thinks that's scary. It just shows how little willpower we have left as human beings because we're just so used to everything happening so fast for us, I think. But next week's episode, we'll talk about the gym because apparently another Forbes survey also shows that fitness is a big majority's top resolution. So make sure you listen to next week's episode if that's something you're also interested in because apparently like a like a... 48% of respondents said that that's their top goal. But uh, you can also follow my Instagram and TikTok for a gym basics series, which will start very soon. And they're basically all the things beginners to the gym should know. And I wish I had known when I was first starting, it would have made life a lot easier and a lot more effective. Both uh, Instagram and TikTok for me are Hana Marari. That's H-A-N-A-M-A-R, the number three, and then an I. I say it again at the end of the video, so you don't have to remember it just yet if you don't want to grab your phone. But on today's episode, we are talking about how to level up and become better in the new year, which will hopefully remind us of our resolutions, since apparently a bunch of people would have already quit the resolutions by now or are about to quit them sometime really soon. So I figured I'd catch you before you totally give up. So I'm going to assume you already have your goals and resolutions figured out for the new year. But if not, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the last season's end episode. So it's literally just titled Season 2 End, Reflect on 2023, Plan for 2024. I go through a bunch of prompts on there to help you do exactly what the title suggests. And we even break down our goals to four vague-ish categories. So we're really balanced and we make sure we're addressing several aspects in our life. And the general categories are social, financial, well-being, and pleasure. But also, if you know you want to improve all these elements of your life, but you don't really know how or from where to start or, you know, like you don't have really clear goals and you need a checklist of sorts to inspire you, then this episode will also provide you with one. Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast for quite a bit, you may have guessed where we're starting. But the first first little piece of advice I will provide is to understand your values and your purpose or your why. These will always be your guiding compass. The very first episode that I released, even though it's definitely not my favorite episode, but it was the very first one because I always believed that it's very important to understand that this is know your values. That's literally what the, t the episode is titled, know your values. Because I believe that our values determine and define and identify the correct course for everyone because two people... The, the same thing is not the right thing for two different people because they value different things, right? So I really, really, really recommend you get really clear on your on your values. If it's something you've never done before, sit with yourself and try to understand what it is that you as a person value. And through that, you can then sort of, sort of try to understand your why and your purpose. I'll give you some examples of that. So for me, you can go back and listen to the episode, but for me, I value things like power or strength 
as well as independence and freedom. These are values of mine that will always guide me, but will also directly feed into my purpose and my why, or at least one of them. And one of my purposes I found is I really enjoy and love and feel called to empower other people, whether that is through the gym or through other methods. But I so wholeheartedly and passionately believe in empowerment of other people. And for example, for a more specific example, the older we get, the more our muscles atrophy, correct? And so if that is the case, you become less less independent. You become more dependent on other people. Some people, unfortunately, get to the point where they need help getting out off of their chair. They need help carrying their groceries. They can't carry their own luggage if they're in a pickle and they're stranded in the middle of Europe. I don't know. And like the escalator isn't working. True story. <laughs> the escalator isn't working. And you have to go down these stupidly narrow stairs and you have one luggage that is 23 kg and the other one that is like 10 kilos or something like that. And it's a narrow staircase and it's spiraling downwards and you need help. <laughs> Sometimes no one's going to be there to help you, especially in Europe. No one gives a shit. No one, no one cares about other people in Europe. Okay. Everyone's very, I'm minding my own business. I'm not going to look at another person. You will need to be able to do your own thing sometimes, whether it's now or later. And so when I have that in mind, if I'm training someone and if I always kind of jam or I always push the message of strength training, strength training, strength training onto other people and I'm always like so adamant about it, instances like this is why I do it. Because I never want to feel helpless. I never want to feel dependent on anyone else. I, li- I like my freedom. I like feeling powerful. And so these are things that feed into my purpose of wanting to empower and help other people become stronger, be- have more freedom, have more independence, etc. This is just one example. Another example, nutrition. My nutrition protocol would be very different to someone who's a lot more social and who values eating out more, who values socializing over food. We have very different values. I don't care very much about eating out. Some other people value a more, uh, I don't know, like they value, not that I don't value pleasure, I do, but they value pleasure more or they value a little bit of uh, ledger even more and they kind of just like that. They, They enjoy that. To them, food is a big aspect of who they are. It's something they really value. I'm not like that. So they and I will have very different nutrition protocols. They and I will have very different habits and eating habits and um, re- not not restrictions, but but guidelines placed when we are going on a cut, for example. Hopefully this really drove the message home, but your values really are your guiding compass for a lot of the actions you take, a lot of the decisions you make. Number two, consider how you want to show up. And I also mean appearance-wise, like literally show up. Consider how you want to show up as, as who you want to be, who the person you want to be is. But that to me, I've realized also includes how I look. And you can refer back to your values because some of your values could just be, I don't care how I look. That's perfectly fine. If that's if that's something you don't value, that's perfectly fine. But a lot of us do care about how we show up. If you're more creative and if you're more cheery or you're just you're just really loud and and you love color do it I despise color in my clothes I don't like that I like showing up again the whole 
demeanor and the whole like the values of power and certain values of mine don't really you know like they're better reflected in wearing all black to me wearing all black is powerful like or mostly black to me wearing black lipstick feels powerful small things like that chunkier boots or just a slightly more (laughs) sprinkle of gothic in my in my fashion sense that makes more sense to me to other people who value more softness who value more I don't know more 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 femininity I suppose again not that I don't value femininity it's just on a different scale other people are a lot more feminine than I am and so they'd wear more satins and and cashmeres and and soft softer fabrics or they'd wear softer colors it's just not who I am there's no right or wrong you're just referring back to your values and what it is and who it is that you want to be and how you want to show up and then you make these decisions it could be about how you do your nails, how you do your hair, if you do your nails, if you do your hair. It could be about whether you wear makeup or not. It could be about how, I don't know, like if, you, if you're if you a tie person or a suit, like a suit and tie person, or you're just like, nah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sweatpants and hoodie kind of guy, or whatever it is, who, whoever you want to be, just understand who it is that you want to be. Consider how you want to show up. Consider who it is you want to be, and then make sure that you are actually aligning with that person. Because keep in mind who we are now is not necessarily maybe who we want to be. We don't have to be who we want to yet, but we can start showing up as that person now to almost bring it into fruition, to manifest that person. You know, the whole act as if situation and, and the, the whole, (laughs) the whole TikTok trends about like being delusional. There's this person on TikTok who was fascinating. They decided that they were going to create a character and this character was going to be their dream self. And they were going to act as if they were that person for 30 days. And it actually changed the way that they were. And so I I wholeheartedly believe in this because when you start to pretend, you know, you know the whole fake it till you make a thing, when you start to pretend that you're this person, this thing, there is no real pretense in taking action. You know, like you're pretending to be this, for example, you're pretending to be this really rich person. What does this rich person do? How do they live? They work for this many hours, they do this on their side hustle, they do this, they do that. And if you start asking yourself and you start deciding to operate from that person's perspective and from that persona, then you will be working that hard. You will be doing that side hustle. You will be more, you will be smarter about your your spendings. So it, there becomes a, a very fine line between the pretense and the and reality. You start to actually become that person. So just consider how you want to show up and start to show up as that person when and if you can, you know, or no, not if, when you can. Number three, set boundaries. (laughs) I don't know if I have an episode on boundaries or not yet because I know that I wanted to, but boundaries are so important. It's, again, refer back to who it is you want to be, refer back to your values and all of that, but that will that's why that's why these were first because they will determine what boundaries mean to you they will determine everything but including what boundaries mean to you some people care about family so 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 very very deeply very much and they have no boundaries with their families to a degree like to a, to a, they have much more lenient boundaries with their families i love my family i care about them very deeply but i don't have kids 
And so I do have different boundaries than someone who has kids, for example. I have boundaries with my time. I need to be told when to do something because I also have ADHD. And so creating routines and creating schedules for myself is already really hard to stick to. So when someone just throws me a random little Russian roulette style kind of, I don't know, like, hey, let's like, I need you to do this for me at this time. Exactly. Like now leave everything you're doing. And I'm like, no, no, I barely got myself here. So my phone won't even ring. If I'm in the middle of working on something, I barely got myself to sit down and actually get get what I need to get done. And when I'm working, when I get in a state of flow, when I get in a state of deep attention and focus, because that's that's the other end of ADHD. Like it's hard to focus, but when, then when you do, you can hyper-focus on things. And so if I finally get myself to that stage, my phone won't even ring to tell me that someone else wants me to drop everything and run this errand for them, you know? That's a boundary that I've set. And I tell my family, I, like they all know, I've, I've had a conversation with them and I've explained to them how my brain works and how I personally operate and what I need and what I need them to respect. And I actually had a really lovely conversation with a family member recently who we, I just moved back home to Egypt. And so I have more family around me than I'm used to because it's usually just either just me or depending on where I am, sometimes it's just my parents. And it was interesting having someone expect something of you or like have a family member just expect you to drop everything because they asked you to. And then I had, like I explained to them, I was like, hey, so just so you know, so that neither of us are frustrated with one another. I have these specific boundaries that I require to be respected because this is how I operate. This is how my brain works. I'm just a little slower, et cetera, et cetera. And I explained it. And they were surprisingly so very receptive. And I was not expecting this. I was expecting a lot of pushback. And they were so sweet about it. And this is a family member like who is an older family member. And so give people a chance to surprise you and try to present your boundaries in a very polite and very kind and patient manner. And you will you might be surprised how people react. So understand what boundaries you need. It could be with your friends. It could be with your family members. It could be with... Um, I don't know, in dating or with a partner or with strangers, whatever it is, with yourself even, whatever it is, figure out your boundaries and have some boundaries. Number four, track your spendings and learn about money. So number four is more financial. Track your spendings, learn about money, understand money, be more mindful about what it is you spend, have a like a, a time period for yourself, like a I don't know, a grace time? Is that what it's called? I don't remember. Like like a buffer time. That's that's what we'll call it. Let's call it a buffer time. From when you want something to when you will buy something. I will want something and I, sometimes I wait years before I buy the thing. Sometimes I'll tell myself, okay, if I want this thing by the end of the week, I'll get it. Like if I really, really, really want it, if I can't stop thinking about it, if I forgot about it, then I'm like, this would not have added any sort of value to me if I stopped thinking about it. I recently bought a new bookcase because my books were literally in piles on the floor. I knew I needed the bookcase, right? So you don't need to take months. <laughs> Sometimes you do. But things like, I don't know, a bag or clothes or makeup or whatever. The more superficial the thing, the longer that I would give it personally. And really consider if like, if, if you forgot about it in a few days or in a week or two, was that even worth spending your money on? Was it worth wasting your money on? 
that's that's something that you can put in, under your boundaries as well like how much you you allow yourself to to spend and you have to understand how much you're making and you also have to understand that life is really unpredictable and sometimes we might need a little bit more down the line and so it's important to be not only mindful of of how you spend and money and also understand it but also understand how money works in the world i read this uh really interesting book called the psychology of money and it wasn't super in depth it was just like kind of grazing the surface and i think it's a nice introduction into quite literally the psychology of money that's what it's called and i do think it's a nice introduction into the topic but i definitely have been learning a little bit more at least on an individual scale it is important that you understand how money works for you and how spending and saving helps now and in the future open a savings account invest in something that will increase its in its value later and obviously if you you'll you'll know how to do in all you'll know how to do all this stuff and what the right course is if you learn a little bit more about money if you are fortunate enough like i am to have someone in your life who understands money very well then ask them to sit with you sometime and go over a few things that's kind of where I get the majority of my knowledge about money. I do read a little bit about it, but the majority is me seating someone down in my family or someone and just picking their brain and asking all the stupid questions. So that's number four. Be more mindful about money, understand money, and have some clear set goals in terms of what you want to save, how much, like set a limit for yourself on how you're spending and all of that. Number five. Identify your weaknesses and the bad habits you need and also want and are willing to break. And I say this because will has a lot more power than people give it credit. So first, first part of that, identify your weaknesses. By that, I mean, understand what it is you are quite literally weak at. Understand what it is you're not good at and things that you slip up with, but also bad habits So if you smoke and that's something that you don't enjoy and want to and are willing to change, eating habits, uh, not drinking enough water, not sleeping, etc. And I say willpower has a lot more power than people give it credit to because I know people who know that they sleep terribly and who know that their energy is always terrible, but they're not actually willing to sleep earlier. I know people who really want to lose weight, but don't want it bad enough that they're willing to make any sort of changes. Like they want to lose weight, but they just want to blink and lose weight. They don't want to actually put in the work. And it's important to recognize that anything that is going to be significant, that is going to really change, will require literal actions to change. It will require change. It'll require things to be different. So It's not enough to just say, I want this thing to change. You need to actually be willing to change certain things and to make, to to do things differently so that you get a different outcome. Because if you keep doing the same thing, you'll keep getting the same outcome, right? And so if you're not willing to do anything differently, you won't get a different outcome. And when I say identify your weaknesses, I also mean that sometimes it's, like I've personally just accepted that I'm just not good at certain things. I'm not saying give up on trying to improve in things that you want to or need to improve in. 
I'm just saying that I personally recognize and understand that, for example, as someone with ADHD, I will do my best to fix or to counterbalance certain habits of mine or certain, not habits, just the way that I am. However, I also understand that I have executive functions that are not working in the same way that other people do because that's just one of the things that ADHD does. Like I have insane time blindness. That's a weakness that I recognize I have. It is what it is. I know I know that I have it. So I don't just accept, like, yes, I accept that that is something that is a weakness in me. However, I don't just accept it as in I just give up and I don't try to fix it. I mean, I accept it as in I recognize it, I acknowledge it. Okay, fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight myself on it. So how can I improve? How can I do something to help me tip the scales to balance things out? For me, for my time blindness, I try to do things earlier. So for example, if I have an appointment or something, I try to show up earlier so that I could just about show up on time. Like I aim for earlier. Um, Sometimes I'll have to show up at a place early so that I'm on time because if like sometimes... I'll show up earlier. Like I'll actually be there early. But if I don't show up earlier and if I try to show up on time, I'll just be late. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. And again, I've accepted it. So I've just tried to find a, find a way around it. Sometimes, uh, not sometimes, a lot of the times, I will set multiple alarms and I'll time myself doing certain things so that I understand how much time has gone by. Sometimes I'll play... Uh, a very specific playlist or some like a few songs one after the other and I know that each song is roughly three minutes so that I have each passing three minute intervals in mind does that make sense so I acknowledge it I accept that this is how I am but also okay this is how I am fine what do I need to do to counterbalance this weakness what how can I how can I help myself you know Then we have six, which kind of ties in, but it's to design your environment for success and eliminate whatever kind of distractions and temptations that you need to eliminate. And this ties into number four and five. Um, Sorry, it just ties into number five, but both parts of number five, weaknesses and bad habits. So when I say design your environment for success, for example, if you are wanting to eat healthier, And you know that one of the bad habits you have is you eat a lot of junk food and you feel really icky and maybe a weakness of yours is like a weakness tied to this is you have hormonal issues that trigger certain hunger cues or um, or have you not understanding your hunger cues very well? Have you craving really high sugary foods? Maybe a weakness is you know that you just have a sleep disorder and that that messes around with your cravings and all of that fine okay how can I then design my environment so that I can succeed in making positive changes maybe don't get any junk food into the house I'm not saying don't eat junk food ever I'm just saying don't have it in the house like I when I whenever I'm on a cut I don't have anything that I would indulge in in the house If I really, 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 really want something, I have to get in my car and I have to drive all the way to the grocery store to get it. And nine out of, like not even, 19 out of 20 times, I will not do that. I don't want to do that. I I will lose the craving in a little bit. So 
design your, your, your environment to help you eliminate any kind of temptations that you might have uh, to keep indulging in the bad habits or maybe if if the weakness is, okay, bad sleep, bad hormones, etc., then fine. How can I design my environment to help me have better sleep hygiene so that I can try to kind of counterbalance my already bad sleep? And so design your environment to help you like help yourself help you. Don't make your life so hard. Don't make everything about motivation or about trying to resist. It's just it's just really difficult and it's kind of a losing battle when you're always trying to resist something and it's just so much easier to just not have it around you in the first place and to make sure that your environment inspires you or makes it hard not to take action. If you read The Atomic Habits book by James Clear, I freaking love that book. It's I think it's one of the best books in that kind of genre out there. He talks about designing your environment so that you make the habits, the good habits that you want to build, you make them easy, you make them really accessible. If it's working out that you're trying to do, if you're trying to build that habit, have your gym clothes out and ready and in front of you well ahead of the time that you're going to go work out. If you're trying to drink water, fill up a water bottle and just have it on you all the time so that you don't have to be too lazy to get up to get a glass of water. Like your water bottle's right behind next to you. You'll open it, you'll drink, right? So things like that. If it's about work, then make sure that you put your phone in another office or another room or whatever if you get distracted with your phone when you're working. Whatever it is, make sure that your your environment is designed to work for you and with you. Okay, number seven. Figure out what doesn't work for you and find alternatives. Stop trying to do the same things over and over if it's not working. Just because it works for other people doesn't mean it'll work for you. For me, the whole idea of eating the frog first, I'm pretty sure that's what the concept is called, but a lot of people suggest that in order to get really productive throughout the day, you do the hardest thing first. That does not work for me. This kind of ties into knowing your weaknesses, but for me, I cannot do the hardest thing first. Like it will repel me and repulse me from doing anything else. For ADHD, I try to learn more about myself and to understand ADHD better. And one of the things is that if we do small things that motivate us, it can help us get the ball rolling and then you kind of get in the motion of things. But that's not just an ADHD thing, like momentum. It's, It's easier to build motion when there's already momentum going. And so, you know, like if you're trying to swing a weight up, it's easier to get the weight up because there's already that momentum rather than trying to slowly lift it yourself. And so if I personally do things that are, if I check off my list, the really easy things in the beginning, because they're so easy, they're they're quick to get done. And I get that satisfaction of checking it off the list, right? So just because other people are like, tend to be more productive when they do the hard thing first, it doesn't mean that it'll work for me just because other people say that it works for them. So find find the alternatives that you need. Stop trying over and over again. If you tried the same thing and it will not work for you, then stop it. Move on. Is it Einstein that says that, what is it? Um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Like there's that quote. I'm pretty sure it's an Einstein quote. I'm not sure, but it's something like that. It's true. I don't know if I'd call it insanity, but just stop doing the same thing over and over again. Move on. Number eight, 
Make a list of all the skills you need to level up and can realistically learn this year. It could literally just be one skill that would make such a massive difference or one certification you'll want to acquire or whatever. If you are a graphic designer and you found that a lot of people are also looking for, I don't know, like motion graphics, then learn how to do that and and add on to it. If you are a graphic designer, but you kind of want to go into branding, maybe learn more about like graphic design specifically for branding, whatever it is, figure out the, the skills that you need and need the most, especially that will provide you with the most Ad, not not advancement, but development that will provide you with the most reward back for the amount of effort you put in. So it's about how much your your return on investment. There we go. <laughs> that that took me a while to get here, but figure out the skills that you need that have the biggest returns on investments because they could be things that can help you make more money later. It could be things that could make you happier. It doesn't have to be just about financially or your career. It could be skills like if you have really severe depression and a, and a really important skill for you to learn is communicating your feelings and that would help you or, or journaling and that would help you process your feelings better and that will help you in dealing with your depression, then that is a skill that is really on top of there and kind of create a, a realistic timeline of the extra time that you have to actually learn these skills and do it. <laughs> Number nine systemize and create routines. It is really difficult to try to figure things out over and over again every week or every day. So try to think as little as possible about the minutia of life and about the, the the little mundane kind of insignificant things. So things that like, for me, that's what to eat. I hate that I have to keep, especially when I want to cut, I have to keep tracking my calories, my calories and my macros and so on and figuring out what fits into like how I can fit things into my day and so for me the most effective way to do that is having a system of rotating days that are already pre-calculated and I already know that the calories and the macros and everything and I just kind of rotate a few days that's a system that just really works for me a routine that really works for me is having one day that I meal prep and I meal prep three to four meals a day. And then I also, sometimes I'll meal prep or I'll prep ingredients for the second half of the week and I'll put them in the freezer if I need to, or I'll keep them in the fridge depending on what it is. Or I'll meal prep a much easier meal prep for the second half of the week and it'll just take me like 30 minutes for the second half of the week. So systemize, create, create routines, whether that is for your side hustle, your business, your fitness goals, whatever it is. Try not to keep thinking over and over again, like every day waking up to think, what do I have to do to improve this? Like, no, you already have a system. You already have a routine, whether it's monthly, it's daily, whatever it is, it makes life so much more easy. And it kind of not puts you on autopilot, but kind of like it automates a few things that you really are not required to keep thinking about so much. Number 10. Find something that ignites you and keeps things interesting. It can be something that brings you joy, makes you feel passionate, refreshes you, makes you feel confident, etc. For me, that's lifting heavier or jumping higher. <laughs> These are just like the two things that I'm so interested in right now. Something inside me is moved when I see people's bodies working like machines on TikTok or on Instagram, especially. And 
it just inspires me so much and I'm really interested in trying all these fun activities and challenging my body in different ways. Recently, I tried indoor bouldering or indoor rock climbing and that was really fun. Hopefully 2024 is the year I also finally try kickboxing. That sort of thing just makes me jumpy and giddy with excitement, just thinking of how or imagining my body move in a certain way. And I believe having something like that keeps your life a lot more interesting and exciting and it refreshes you every time other things take a lot out of you. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be something about movement. It could just be a painting session that you have with your friends every now and then, uh, dinner parties that you have with your friends, or even like coffee dates. It could be just cooking, trying a new recipe every week, just something that you look forward to so that there's this spark of joy and pleasure that will always refresh you. 11, start a gratitude and perspective shift practice. So a gratitude practice and a practice in shifting your perspective in whatever way you want. I'm not exaggerating when I say this will change your life because it changed mine with everything that is happening in the world, especially I've become so much more aware of the blessings that I've taken for granted. And it's so, 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 so important to acknowledge everything that you are given and to always People always tell you don't compare yourself to other people. Wrong. I believe that you should compare yourself to those who are less fortunate than you are in terms of blessings. And that is, I'm pretty sure that is something in Islam we are always kind of encouraged to compare ourselves to those less fortunate than we are when it comes to material and um, resources and so forth. But so that we are more grateful, but we compare ourselves to those who are higher than us in knowledge and faith and so forth to aspire to be better in that regard. And so when you compare yourself to the people of a lot less fortunate circumstances right now and understand that this could have been your life, it puts things in an insane perspective. And when I say you can do this gratitude and perspective shift in Like you can do this practice in whatever way you want to. You can do this through prayer. You can do this through meditation. You can do this through journaling. Gratitude journaling is amazing. Like the five minute journal from a few years ago, that was so popular, I think for a reason. I think because it really worked. I personally used my gratitude journal all the time. That five minute journal, I use it all the time. I still have a few, like I have very few pages left in it. And I think I put it away because I didn't want it to end. And I don't know where else to get it from here because they don't sell it around where I am. So I need to like get it when I travel abroad. But I just really wholeheartedly believe in it. Like just listing three things that you're grateful for in in the morning alone, even if you say it under your breath, but there's just something about writing it. Like it's just very intentional and it's, it's very specific when you write it. There's just something about the verbiage, like the the wording that you use that makes it very powerful. So however way you want to have a gratitude practice and a perspective shift practice, please do it. Truly just, when you know when people always tell you if you have mental health issues, like you should pray and whatever. I don't believe in people who just say you have mental illnesses. I've never, I've never believed in people that said you have mental, mental illnesses just because you don't have faith and so on. Because at the same time, you don't have any other illness because of your lack of faith. There are a lot of people who are tested, even though they have faith, they're still tested with a lot of diseases. And so for me though, I see prayer and and, and gratitude and all of that as still a very important tool for people 
with any illness, whether it's physical or mental, I do think that gratitude and and having a gratitude practice and prayer and faith and all of these things, I believe helps us face what it is that we are dealing with in a much stronger, like it makes us stronger and it makes us a lot more patient. And so we are dealing with these things in a very different way than we would if we were kind of dealing with a lot more negative thoughts, if that makes sense. I don't know which of the next two points to say first. So I'm just going to say it's all really tied to this gratitude thing and in changing your life. But let's go with, fine, this will be number 12. Take care of your body and mind. Understand how they work and what they need. And then go on and provide it all for them. Even the basics, like drink enough water, sleep your eight hours. Personally, I prefer nine, but whatever. Move your body regulate your breathing, observe your thoughts. And I do mean observe your thoughts, really think about what you consume, think about the thoughts that you consume and about what you consume out from the world, the negativity. And again, have a gratitude practice if you can. No, not if you can, you can't, you can absolutely have a gratitude practice. Have a gratitude practice, I promise. Or here, this is better. Learn about how a gratitude practice is going to be beneficial for you is part of number 12 so that you can implement number 11, which is to start a gratitude practice. Mind what you eat and grab more whole natural foods and limit processed options and anything else that upsets your own particular conditions and needs. Like if you have any kind of, I don't know, if you're lactose intolerant, if you're gluten intolerant, stay away from that stuff. Just not worth it. Okay. Low level inflammation over a long period of time is just not ideal and I read that it can do horrible horrible things to the body so yeah just take care of what you eat of how much you drink of how much sleep think of what you consume understand how gratitude and a shift in perspective can benefit your mental health learn more about who you are and what you you need not just about who you are about what you are about the the the, the human body understand what it is to be human and what the requirements to be a healthy human is and honor all of that. Number 13, which is what I had a hard time deciding to say first or after what I just said, but it's to be more informed. Learn more about both yourself and the world because that's something that I just mentioned. Learn more about yourself, yes, but I do also mean the world because knowledge is power. So knowing about yourself to become a better person and to to become healthier and so on, but also learn about the world so that you can understand your role in it. Don't give away your power. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated. Absorb multiple perspectives. Go out of your way to challenge all that you learn. Challenge yourself and your own beliefs and ask why it is you believe that, whatever that is, and who may have fed you that belief. Question if it's even your actual belief or if someone else just made you believe that. Choose what you consume and who you listen to. Identify propaganda when you see it. Find the patterns and notice when there's an attempt at manipulating you. Don't allow yourself to be fooled. Read and learn more about other people's experiences from all around the world and travel more if you can. All of that will increase your humanity and your ability to relate to and connect with people despite your differences and empathize with them. And if you can read from not just people of different races, but are ultimately all from your country, I do mean read from people from around the world, read translated works, try to 
even listen to podcasts from people from around the world or documentaries or whatever, absorb content. My brain just froze. <laughs> absorb content and opinions and thoughts and and media from people from around the world so that you can understand them or or words from people and experiences from people from around the world so that you can better relate to them. Choose who and what you give your energy to and who and what you support. And I'd like to give a shout out to the last episode, which I believe is episode 21, titled Who or What You Support Matters and Here's How It Affects You. I'm pretty sure that's the title, but go listen to that episode to learn more about this. And you can also listen to the podcast episode, You Have More Power Than You Think. And also, you do not have to accept this reality. These are two different episodes. So that's three episodes in total that I just recommended. And I think these are all, I think um, You Have More Power Than You Think is number 14. And You Do Not Have to Accept This Reality, I believe, is number 16. But these are all episodes in reclaiming your power and understanding the role that you as an individual play in the world. And I think a big way for you to level up this year is to understand your role in the world and understand how much power you have. And don't let anyone deny you of that power or convince you that you have less power because you have so much more power than you think. And knowledge is power. So increase that power of yours with more knowledge, with more understanding of the world and how it works. And don't don't be fooled. Don't let people, oh, that's another, <laughs> there's another uh, episode that has Don't Be Fooled in the title. It is, what is it? I don't remember, but you'll find it. It's, I think, just before you have more power than you think. It's around there, maybe episode 13 or 12, something like that. Uh, but don't let, don't let the world manipulate you. Hold on to your values and always reflect back on what it is that you consume and recognize when someone's trying to manipulate you. And I, it's just, you show up as a completely different person when you are confident in your knowledge and you really understand how the world works rather than just very stupidly parroting what people tell you to believe. Do your own research, always learn on your own. And then 14 is a bonus. I don't think this is necessary, although I suppose none of these are really necessary, but you know, it's all up to you to do. But pick an overarching theme or quote unquote era that you'll approach everything with, or even create a persona like that person that I gave an example of. My current theme slash era, I would say, is power. It's, I mean, it's been power, but this is like power, like with a capital P power. <laughs> this is next level power. My persona, I suppose, is a rich, powerful, revolutionary Arab Muslim woman who empowers, educates, makes positive changes, owns her narrative, and amplifies the voices of those who really need it. But hey, you can be anyone or anything. You could be, I don't know, soft, patient, laid back, Pilates girly, if that's your cup of tea. If even if it isn't entirely who you are at this very moment yet, keyword yet. But I think this is just fun. It's fun to have a theme in a little era that you think of as 2024. And with that, uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast. And I am really torn. I'm still torn. I was like, it'll come to me by the end of the episode. But I'm torn about between uh, journal prompt or affirmation. We haven't done an affirmation in a really long time. But also <sighs> kind of feels like a journal prompt one. Okay, you know what? Let's do a little bit of both. We're, we're improvising. I didn't, I 
only scripted half of this. Like I had a lot of bullet points and that's probably why it took us like 45 minutes. That is crazy. I think this is the longest podcast episode yet, but we will do a journal prompt and then an affirmation based on this journal prompt. So you can obviously go back through every single point that I mentioned and journal on them specifically. So for example, the the point where I say set boundaries, you can journal about what it is that you need and want your boundaries to be. Uh, if you don't know your values, you can journal on that. If you want to figure out what doesn't work for you and find alternatives, you can journal on that. So you can literally journal on every single point that we made. But the last one, the bonus one, I think is the most fun. <laughs> so let's do that. What is 2024 your year of or what era are you bringing into 2024? I know we're like two weeks into the year already, but hey, I wanted to put this off because because of the statistics that I read that people <laughs> that people just quit their goals two weeks in. So uh, we're still really early in the year. Don't let this year go. Consider this. What era is 2024 for you? I told you mine is power. This is my power era. And for the affirmation, you will then repeat to yourself, 2024 is my year of fill in the blank, whatever whatever you decided it was. It could be more than one thing. And then you will say, I am, and then fill in the persona. So here is the affirmation for me, for example. 2024 is my year of power. I am a rich, powerful, revolutionary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, everything that I just said before. So yeah, I feel like that is probably the most fun affirmation to put together and journal on. Think about your era. Think about what theme, what overarching theme this year is. Claim it. Think about the persona, the the person that you are going to be this year and who you are emulating who you are bringing into fruition and claim it but otherwise that's it for today's uh, I was going to say video it's not a video (laughs) that's it for today's podcast episode the longest podcast episode thus far but if you're enjoying the podcast I would really appreciate it if you left a rating and review and followed the podcast wherever you get your podcasts as that will really help it out it'll help it grow it'll help it Uh, show up to more people. And for more wellness content, you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, all under Hana Merai. That's H-A-N-A-M-A-R, the number three, and then an I. H-A-N-A-M-A-R-3-I. Anyway, I'll see you in the next episode. And till then, sending you lots of love and light.